Could lab-grown pork be kosher? Could lab-grown beef be parav? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 58 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn about the eternal nature of Torah and the prophecies hidden in the words of our sages that we are slowly but surely witnessing unfold. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Imagine a world where every restaurant was kosher. It's real, and it may happen very soon. In 2002, NASA began developing technology to produce meat in a laboratory by cloning other meat cells. Scientists theorized that a piece of steak could be produced without ever killing a cow. That way, astronauts living on the space station could eat meat to their heart's delight without the need to import all their food from planet Earth. A few years later, when news of NASA's experiment became public, I received a Shiloh. If it didn't come from a cow, would the beef be fleshig or parav? Simply put, were we about to taste the very first kosher cheeseburger? I researched the matter and presented my findings to the RJJ Journal of Halacha and Contemporary Society. A few weeks later, I received the response they weren't interested in publishing science fiction. I wasn't surprised. After all, it's a journal of contemporary, not future, society. Fair enough. But then six months later, I received another letter from the journal editor that decided to publish my piece on just one condition. The editorial committee had requested the addition of a paragraph at the end of the article, opining that it was highly improbable that cashless agencies would ever approve the concept of power of meat. I agreed, and the article was published. That was 2007. And for the next five years, the halakhic world paid little attention to the issue. But then, all of a sudden, the science fiction started picking up momentum. As environmentalists realized the potential benefit of mass-produced cow-free beef, investment in the new technology accelerated, and the post began to take notice. Over the last decade, the response on the issue have proliferated with more and more rabbis weighing in on the and status of man-made meat. Recently, a new approach has emerged that may be a game-changer. To appreciate what has shifted, let's review the process of lab-produced meat. Basically, we take a single meat cell and place it in a vegetable culture. It then divides and reproduces itself. Those two cells then become four, and so on and so forth, until you have millions of copies of the original cell. And so if the original cell was extracted from a cow rib, you could reproduce a rib simply by multiplying the cells. Is it fleshic? Well, back in 2007, I suggested that maybe it could be parav, because it's essentially plant-based. Only the small starter cell was meat. The rest was the vegetable culture. Nevertheless, technically speaking, if it was a meat cell that multiplied, then presumably it's still a meat cell. Otherwise, we could make the same argument for a pork cell, right? Today's stuff discusses circumstances under which a prohibited item that was mixed into a permitted substance could be nullified. Let's look at the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon says, For any item that can become permitted, something forbidden whose prohibition will lapse. For example, untithed produce that can be permitted through tithing. And Mysoshani, the tithe that becomes permitted by bringing it to Jerusalem to eat. And consecrated items permitted through redemption. And produce of the new crop which is permitted after the offering of the Omer. The sages did not determine a measure for their nullification. And for any item that cannot be permitted, for example, truma, and truma of the tithe and challah, fruit of a tree during the first three years after its planting, and forbidden foods, crops in a vineyard, the sages determined a measure for their nullification. 
Let's analyze the Gemara. When are we able to nullify a prohibited substance that was accidentally mixed into permissible food? Only if there's no way it may organically become permitted. However, any prohibited mixture that will eventually become permissible is not subject to nullification. So, for example, if Maestasheni, which must be eaten in Jerusalem, became mixed up with regular produce, we can't nullify it because there's an alternative solution. Simply take the entire mixture up to Jerusalem and consume it there, or redeem it all here and, produce new, uh, and purchase new produce there. The Sefer Morva Ahalos asks an interesting, interesting question about pork. The halacha is that a tiny amount of pork that fell into a large kosher dish may be nullified if there is sufficient kosher food to outweigh the treif. But why is that the case? After all, when Mashiach comes, we have a tradition the pig will become kosher. And if we're meant to expect his arrival constantly, why may we then nullify it if tomorrow it'll become kosher? He answers that perhaps messianic pigs will chew their cud and therefore they will be kosher. Meat from such pigs will be acceptable, but any pre-existing pork will remain trafe. But on what basis will the physical nature of pigs suddenly change? Earlier we discussed that even if we were to multiply a beef cell in a plant-based culture, it would still be meat. And meat is forever flaschic. Likewise, if we were to multiply a pig cell, it would presumably remain pork, and pork is forever trafe. But let's look at the latest technology around laboratory-produced meat. What if I wanted to create a piece of chicken? I could take a chicken cell and reproduce it, but I'd still have the problem. Chicken times chicken is still chicken. But let's say we extracted the cell from an egg. An egg contains the same DNA as a chicken, and yet it's parav. And so we could create a parav chicken from an egg, which of course puts a whole new spin on the which came first conundrum. This next bit gets a little complicated, so do bear with me. Certain rabbis recently suggested that a similar framework may apply to animals. Many of us are familiar with the concept that during the first 40 days of a pregnancy, in certain situations we consider the fetus just like water. In other words, it's not yet considered a living human being. A similar concept may be applied to animals in their pre-embryonic blastocyst stage. Let's remind ourselves that certain animal products are meat and others are dairy. Thus, it should come as no surprise to learn that certain byproducts, specifically waste products, are deemed inedible and therefore parav. There are those who would like to suggest that pre-embryonic cells fall under this category. Now think of all the possibilities that creates. If someone in, sometime in the near future made beef grown in a laboratory from pre-embryonic cells, it might all be kosher and parav, irrespective of which animal those cells originated from. Nevertheless, most major posts, including the leading voice on the issue, Rav Asher Weiss, are opposed to the concept of power of beef, let alone pork, and so don't expect to eat a cheeseburger anytime soon. For now, based on today's science, the postgame have ruled it out, but the technology is ever-evolving and advancing rapidly. Perhaps we are closer than we think. Whatever the case, the fact that our tradition always foretold a day when pork might become kosher points to the powerful and timeless nature of the Torah. May you forever look to our eternal, eternal guide to lead you through your life, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, 
there's something in the transformative dump for everyone. It's about joining the conversation, it's about talking over the dump with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful devoutor. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.